Welcome to Black Springs, broadcasting proudly on the Underdog Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean Ryan, and tonight we continue with Chapter 2 of Rejoice. Please, everybody, remember to hit the subscribe button. More subscriptions means more content and more contributors. And speaking of content, the graphic and suspenseful nature of the show might be too much for our younger and more sensitive crowd. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Rejoice. As Elena locked the front door, she felt pride in her family. Her children had already showed her more resilience in their young lives than she could ever hope to show as an adult. It wasn't long before that pride gave way to anxiety once again. With a heavy heart, she started her car, backed out of her garage, and began her drive to work. Her eyes, affixed on the rearview mirror, focused so intently on her home shrinking in the distance. She never took notice of the police car parked across the street. The predator watched as her taillights faded from view. Snaps and pops came from the windshield as the first droplets of clouds from above struck the vehicle. He gazed into the sky. The flashes of heat lightning were giving away to concentrated bolts, revealing swirling clouds of black. He smiled. It wouldn't be long now. He unzipped a duffel bag, which was perched on the passenger side of the vehicle. He surveyed its contents. Cloak. He began to rattle off the items. Wire cutters. Bolt cutters. The man picked up his dagger and admired it. He'd spent much of the previous evening washing the young family's blood from its ivory handles. Dagger, he said, his voice filled with revenance and love. The clouds swallowed what was left of the sun, and droplets of rain fell heavier and faster. It was time. Rejoice, Chapter 2 A cloak of darkness enveloped the humble neighborhood. The streetlights had stopped working the previous summer. Their city blamed the Homeowners Association. The Homeowners Association blamed the city. With both stalling and neither acting, Homes in the neighborhood had come together and resolved to keep their porch lights on to offer whatever shreds of security and protection they could. Lillian was aware of the local dangers, of course, but not her younger brothers and sister. The storm was intensifying outside, and it wouldn't be long before they'd lose power, as they did with almost every storm lately. Lillian found herself drawn to the window. The storms scared her when she was younger, but now she found them relaxing almost therapeutic. Watching the droplets streak down the window calmed her nerves, but instead of finding peace, she caught sight of something in the shadows that sent a chill down her spine. Across the street, beneath the flickering lamppost stood a figure shrouded in darkness. As she focused, she noticed he was dressed in a police officer's uniform. The sight initially brought a measure of relief as Lillian believed the police had finally listened to her community's pleas for more patrols in the evening. However, as she continued to observe, a growing sense of dread overcame her. Maybe it was the way he was looking directly into her window. Or was it the way he stood, unmoving, oblivious to the rain crashing down around him? His face, partially obscured by the shadows, seemed vacant, and then... Lillian's gaze fell upon his hands. There was something in his holster, but it didn't look like a gun. And even if it was, 
The handle shone brightly white through the dark, wet evening. And the bag. She had never seen a cop carrying a utility bag before. What could be inside it? The rational side of Lillian urged her to ignore the foreboding thoughts. But the weight of her instincts bore down upon her. Why, she didn't really know. But she waved at the man, acknowledging his stare. She gave him a moment to wave back. He didn't. Time for homework! Lillian called out to the group, still eyeing the man across the street with suspicion. Kitchen table, everyone. Pushing the fear away, Lillian closed the curtains. Outside, the man stood. It's not often prey locks eyes with its predator and waves. The man realized he was looking forward to meeting her in person, but not yet. He watched her, expressionless, waiting. The curtains now drawn, he darted across the street like a tiger on the hunt. The roar of the raindrops masked any sound of footsteps he made. As he neared the home of the Diaz family, a warm breeze seemed to accompany him, as if the night itself sensed his presence. Once within the confines of their property, the man moved with haste, slipping through the shadows of the backyard like a ghost. The rain-slicked grass provided no resistance as he made his way to the circuit box. Flashes from distant lightning illuminated his wicked grin. The storm was moving closer. The game had begun. All four at the kitchen table, the children were hard at work. Lillian's mother Elena had always impressed upon them the importance of education. She always told them the commitment to learning was the best way to change their future and the futures of their children. Elena had worked her way through night school over the years, but had to put those plans on hold when Lillian's father passed away. What are you working on, Victor? Division? Do you need help? Lillian asked. Nah, Lewis helped me. And who helped Lewis? As if on cue, a large burst of lightning hit. The thunder sounded like a sonic boom. The house shook. And with a pop, the lights went out. Lillian, groaning, was well prepared. Don't worry, she said dismissively as she stood from the table and felt her way to the kitchen pantry. She produced four flashlights. To help distract and comfort her brothers and sister, she handed one to each of them. Moments later, the four children were in the midst of a competitive game of flashlight tag when they were frozen by the sound of three loud knocks on the door. Quiet, Lillian demanded in a whisper. Are you going to answer it? Lewis asked. Kidnappings and break-ins stemming from a knock at the door were not unheard of in Black Springs, amongst other things. No way! Lillian answered in a whisper. She rarely answered the door even in daylight. The ticking clock in the den read 8.47 p.m. It was too late for salespeople. And though she was trying not to think about it, she couldn't shake the awkward stare down with the policeman earlier that evening. Everyone shut up! Lillian whispered. You can't see that. Rosa, the youngest sibling, protested innocently. Lillian brought her finger to her mouth, urging quiet. She cautiously approached the front door and was surprised to feel her hands trembling. Lillian peered through the peephole, her heart thudding against her chest. Outside, standing on the porch, was the man she had seen from across the street, the man in a police uniform. His posture was rigid, he was wearing a cap pulled lower over his brow. 
Something was definitely off. Everything about this man seemed out of place. Excuse me, the man said as he knocked more loudly on the door. I'm Officer Williams with the 417th Precinct. I'm here on a wellness check on behalf of your mother. Lillian raised her finger once again to her mouth, silently repeating her instructions for silence. I know you're in there. I could see the flashes from outside the house, the man continued. Is everyone in there okay, Lillian? Victor? Louis? Rosa? At the sound of their names, Louis and Victor relaxed their tense shoulders. Louis opened his mouth to answer, but Lillian quickly shook her head to stop him. If you could just open the door, the man said. Lillian stepped back from the door, her thoughts racing. Louis, grab the phone! Her voice filled with urgency. The only thing she could think to do was call the police and see if they had dispatched this man to her door. Sorry, ma'am, the voice said over the phone. Elena listened intently. There's nothing we can do. All officers responded to calls at this time. It hadn't been long into Elena's ship when she realized she couldn't turn her intuition off for the evening. Her boss and head nurse Rebecca marched down the hall. An ex-field nurse from the army, Rebecca maintained her military disposition. Elena? Where's Elena? She beckoned loudly. She then saw Elena on the phone and peered at her impatiently. Elena apologetically held up a finger from the phone, non-verbally saying she would be available shortly. Please, just one officer. Just to drive by. To make sure everyone is okay. Rebecca tapped her watch. It's not that she lacked compassion, but her job was to keep the emergency room moving efficiently, and regardless of circumstance, it was a job she took seriously. As I said, ma'am, the voice on the phone curtly answered, all officers are responding to emergencies. If we have time later this evening, we can send someone to the house, but it won't be for at least a few hours. These storms are breeding grounds for emergencies. Thank you, Elena said. Good night. She hung up the phone, unable to shake the sense of dread. Stitches, room two. Rebecca commanded as she scribbled notes on a dry erase board. Don't worry, it's not Louis or Victor. Elena forced a smile. On it, she answered. In the Diaz house, the children nodded, their wide eyes mirroring Lillian's concerns. Louis handed her sister the phone. Lillian's hands were shaking with an unfamiliar blend of fear and adrenaline. She noticed Rosa looking at her with concern. Lillian mustered a reassuring smile, masking the trepidation coursing through her veins. Don't worry, Rosa, she said reassuringly. Victor, Louis, just stay here, okay? Lillian tried to dial, but there was no tone. The lines were dead. Of course, she said. She'd begged her mother for a cell phone, but it simply was not in their budget. What do we do, Lillian? We can't let him in, right? Victor asked. Lillian's resolve solidified as she locked eyes with her siblings. Absolutely not, she declared. I'll go get my bat, Lewis said. Absolutely not, Lillian repeated. We stick together. We stay quiet and wait for him to leave. As if in response to her words, a persistent pounding erupted from the front door. The sound echoed through the house. The pounding against the door was slow, deliberate, persistent, like a war drum. Pictures on the walls began to move with the entire house shaking from the force of the man's knock. Lillian's brothers and sisters squeezed in tighter. Let's go get that bat, she said, looking at Louis. Slowly and together, Lillian quietly commanded. 
With determination fueling their every step, the children dashed towards the back of the house. Lewis searched the hall closet and produced a red and black aluminum baseball bat, his favorite. He handed it to Lillian, but she passed it right back. You're better with it. Inside the dimly lit room, the children huddled together, their breaths ragged and their hearts pounding in unison. Fear and uncertainty hung heavy in the air as they listened to the intruder's persistent thumping against the door. It was so loud and persistent, Lillian thought the door might give away. Finally, as abruptly as it had begun, the pounding ceased. Silence settled over the room, a haunting stillness that left them suspended in fear. Had the intruder left? Was he looking for another way in? Or was he simply biding his time? Glass from their living room shattered. Rosa screamed, but Lillian quickly grabbed her and put her hand over Rosa's mouth to silence her. She said, Quiet! From their living room, they could hear the wind rushing into the house. Their window had been broken. Lillian closed her eyes, concentrating on every sound she could take in. The man had not yet entered the home, but she was sure that would soon change. The rhythmic pounding on the door started once again. What do we do? Victor asked. The always confident and assuring Lillian simply didn't have an answer this time. She closed her eyes, hugged her sister tightly. She was terrified, but Lillian did answer confidently. We stay quiet, we stay together, and we get to Mr. Finlay's house. The rain poured relentlessly. Through the hole in the living room window, Lillian could hear water flowing into the home. Thunder rumbled in the distance, echoing through the night, as the group of children huddled together in their dimly lit living room. The relentless banging on the door started once again, like persistent cannon fire. It reverberated through the home. Rosa, sobbing, put her hands over her ears and whimpered. Just stay here. It'll be okay, Lillian said. She knew this was a lie. This so-called policeman would not be leaving. He was toying with them. He was trying to scare them, and it was working. Lillian's mind raced with the limited options available to them. Their home was small, with no secret rooms or hidden passages to offer refuge. The back door had been jammed for weeks. Every window in their house had bars on them. There was only one way in and one way out. And this police officer was standing in their way. If this man wouldn't leave, and Lillian knew he wouldn't, then they had to draw him in and sneak around him. Lillian nodded to herself. There were no other options. We'll have to go through the front. What? Victor demanded. Are you crazy? Lewis protested. It's our only way out. Rosa began crying harder. I'm too slow. I'll never make it. Lillian knelt down. She grabbed Rosa's hands. Just like her mother, Lillian forced a smile. I'm going out the front door, and you'll be with me. So there's nothing to worry about, she said as reassuringly as she could. When we get outside, Lewis and Victor will run next door and call the police, right? Lillian looked at her twin brothers. Right, right they answered in unison. The sound of shattering glass broke the silence. The crash was smaller this time. Lillian suspected the window was the one adjacent to the front door, and her suspicions were confirmed when she heard the chain from the door latch jiggle. Another burst of glass struck shortly after. She heard the click of the front door's deadbolt unlock. Okay, stay quiet, stay together. They were in their family room just at the end of the hall. If they tried to hide against the northern wall, they would be trapped. 
Lillian guided her siblings to the southeast corner, just next to the dining room, giving them access to either hallway or dining room. Their next move would be dictated by their intruder. Lillian peered down the hallway from around the wall. Fear gripped her heart as she saw the doorknob handle slowly begin to turn. The man swung the door open with enough force that it popped the door off its hinges and crashed into the drywall. Lillian silently gasped as she watched the man remove his police cap, revealing a sunken black hole where his eyes should have been. The scars ran from his face like a highway spanning the state. He pulled something white from his back pocket. Slowly, he pulled a rubber mask onto his face and over the back of his head. When it was on, Lillian could see the man take a deep breath as if he was relieved. Or perhaps, it was as if he was released. Lillian had seen the man this evening, unmasked. She wondered why he'd bother with it now. The man ran his fingers over the doorframe. He touched the broken hinge as if admiring the strength of his entry. He raised his chin and slowly rocked his head slowly from one side to another, cracking his neck. It looked serpent-like. It looked evil. Masked and ready, the man entered the doorway with eerie calmness. He slipped off one boot, then the next. He removed his poncho, folding it and placing it on the floor. The man turned around and Lillian pulled herself behind the wall. They were less than 30 feet apart from each other. Diaz family, he called out, his voice now deep and intimidating. You have been chosen. Rejoice! Rejoice will be continued on Chapter 3, now available for download on Underdog Podcasts. Please remember to like and subscribe.